there. Last week we talked about vision. This week we're going to be talking about the value of vision. Last week we told you that vision is a divine calling of God. Y'all remember? Amen. And every time God comes with a vision, God shows up in that vision. And God, when God shows up, he brings an opportunity. When God brings a vision, we told you that God always brings an opportunity. Then once he gives you and brings to you the opportunity, he brings you the ability. He gives you the ability. And after he gives you the ability, then what God does is God gives us the desire. See, it's all there in the package. There's only one thing missing, that we be willing and obedient to what he has called us to do. That's it. Only thing that God said, he said, if you be willing, are you willing to serve the Lord? I am willing. And if you be obedient. Now, we have to work on that. All of us. But as long as we're working on being obedient, we're in the right house. Because he said, if you be willing and obedient, you will eat from the good of the land. And I don't see nobody in this car. For nothing. I really don't see nobody. I don't see nobody coming through that door here today that's on clutching. You understand what I'm saying? That somebody got to lead them in there because they can't see where they're going in the natural. So I think we're doing pretty good. I don't. It, I mean, it's just a blessed thing that we have in this thing called God and His vision. So remember about vision. Vision brings opportunity. Vision brings ability. And vision brings desire. Now, once we get the vision, we that's the divine calling of God. Then we've got to realize the value of what God has given us. See, that's something that we've got to understand is the value of what God has given us. And that's what we're going to deal with today. The value of vision. I want us to go to 2 Samuel. The fifth chapter, verse 1 through 12. And we're going to dissect this and come up with a strategy here that performs and gives us the equation of value. The value of vision. Second Samuel, fifth chapter, verses 1 through 5. Are we there? Amen. The word of the Lord says, Then, there is a conjunction. Then all the tribes of Israel came to David at Hebron and spoke, saying, Indeed, we are your bone and your flesh. Also, in time past, when Saul was king over us, you were the one who led us, who led Israel out and brought them in. And the Lord said to you, You shall shepherd my people Israel and be ruler over Israel. Therefore, all the elders of Israel came to the king at Hebron, and King David made a covenant with them at Hebron before the Lord. And they anointed King David king over Israel. David was 30 years old when he began to reign, and he reigned 40 years. In Hebron, he reigned over Judah seven years and six months. And in Jerusalem, he reigned 33 years over all Israel and Judah. So he started in praise and he ended up, his headquarters was at peace 
Praise eventually brings peace after we learn to praise him enough. Verse 6 says, And the king of his men, and the king and his men went to Jerusalem against the Jebusites, the inhabitants of the land who spoke to David, saying, You shall not come in here, but the blind and the lame will repel you, thinking David cannot come in here. Nevertheless, David took the stronghold of Zion, that is, the city of David. Now David said on that day, Whosoever climb up, well climbed up by way of a water shaft and defeat this Jebusite, the lame and the blind, who are hated by David's soul, shall be chief and captive. Therefore they say, The blind and the lame shall not come into the house. Then David dwelt in the stronghold. We're going to get spiritual with this in a minute and get some revelations. And called it the city of David. And David built all around from the Milo and inward. So David went on and became great. And the Lord God of hosts was with him. Then Hiram, king of Tyre, sent messengers to David and cedar trees and carpenters and masons. And they built David a house. So David knew that the Lord had established him as king over Israel. See, it took a while. And that he had exalted his kingdom for the sake of his people, Israel. Amen? Amen. Talking about the value of vision. The value of vision has five points to it. One value is, and the first value is, vision unites. Did you hear me? Vision unites. And we're going to strategize it throughout the scripture. The second thing that vision does is, vision provides a center for leadership. Vision does. The third thing that vision does is, vision dominates your inner conversation. The fourth thing that vision does is, vision inspires you to be great. Vision will not allow you to be mediocre. Vision will inspire you to be great. The next thing is this. Vision, number five, is that vision attracts others to the leader. Now, let's deal with this through the word. The Bible tells us that vision unites. Let's look at Second Samuel, let's look at verse, chapter 5, verse 1 through verse 3. Let's look at that, okay? We're talking about unification, all right? Vision unites. Look what happens. This is the first value of vision is that it unites. Do, would you say that unification of the body is valuable to the vision? Amen. Would everybody agree with that? Amen. It is vital. That the brethren dwell together in unity, right? Vital. Now, so we got to be unified first. No unity, you got nothing. But say it again. No unity, you've got nothing. That's why you got so much schism in the body. There's no unification. They don't understand vision. Vision is the divine calling of God. So let's look at the value of vision in reference to unification. It unites. 
Look at the word in 2 Samuel 5, verse 1 through 3. It says, Then all, not some, but all the tribes of Israel, then what? Came to David at Hebron and spoke, saying, Indeed, we are your bone and your flesh. Sounds like they're uniting to me. Also, in time past, when Saul was king over you, you were the one who led Israel out and brought them in. And the Lord said to you that you shall shepherd my people Israel and be ruler over Israel. Therefore, all, not some, they were united, right? Therefore, all the elders of Israel came to the king at Hebron, and King David made a what? Covenant with who? All of them, right? Sounds like unity to me. Sounds like unity to me. When they all came together. Unity. And they anointed King David over Israel. Look at 1 Peter 3, verse 8 and 9. 1 Peter 3, verse 8 and 9. And say amen when we get there. Talking about unity. Okay? Let's deal with this thing called unity. Because without it, a church ain't going to make it. That's why America is screwed up as it is today. You believe that? Every time you turn around, you've got disunification. You've got division. Every time you've got a denomination set up, you've got division. Every time you set up a partition, you've got division. That's all you've got. That's all you've got. So, this is what happens. The Lord says in 1 Peter 3, verse 8, it says, Finally, all of you, not some, but all of you, that ain't where it is all, again, sound like unity, be of how many minds? One mind. Say it loud. One mind. mind. Sound like unity. Having what? Compassion for one another. See, we forget to have compassion for one another. We forget that we need to be of one mind. It says we need to be, that we need to love as brothers. We need to love each other. We need to be tender-hearted toward each other. We need to be courteous toward each other. Some of the meanest people in the world go to church. I mean, some of the... See, those are religious people. Those are kingdom-minded people. Those are religious people. Religious people are mean. Because religious people are judgmental. See, See, religious people love the fact that God saved them, but of their own nasty self, but they don't want God to save nobody else unless they come through the way they want them to get saved. You, you, you see what religion will do? Religion will make you set up a standard of yourself on whether somebody else can come into the family of God through your say-so. But it never was that way. The say-so is truly in God's hands. It's never been in man's hand. It's always been in God's hand. So the Bible tells us to be courteous and 
not returning evil, verse 9, not returning evil for evil or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, it says we are blessed. Knowing that you were called to this, that's what we've been called to, that's part of that divine calling, is to bless. That's why we go on mission trips. That's why we do outreach. That's why we do what we do. Because we want to be a blessing. And when you bless, God will bless you back. When you bless, you plant a seed. When you bless, from the, when you bless back, you, that seed that you planted becomes a harvest in your life. So, it says, knowing that you were called to this, that you may inherit a blessing. So, when we bless, we inherit a blessing. Okay? Alright? Let's go back and let's look at this word vision as being united. Back in 2 Samuel, the 5th chapter, that's our main text, so don't lose your place there. The word of the Lord, you got to understand that when vision unites, Vision brings strength to us when we unite. How many of y'all know that we get stronger when we are unified? Two better than one and a threefold cord is not easily broken. Ain't that what Ecclesiastes tells us? So when we unite together, we get stronger, do we not? Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. How do we do that? By being there for each other. When Moses was failing, what did they do? They Aaron and Ur went to hold his arms up. They needed a little help, get me? That's what we're about, right? Loving one another. Helping one another. That's what the gospel of Jesus Christ is about. It's always been that. It'll always be that. And this church has no place for judgmental people. Because it's not of God. It's not of God. It's not of God. So the first thing that vision does, vision unites. The second thing that vision does is that it, it brings, not only does it bring strength, but it brings power. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. But there's another thing that it does for us when we unite too. It brings structure. Somebody tell me about structure. Say it. Structure. The kingdom of God, I told you last week, is not a democracy, but the kingdom of God is a theocracy. See, the kingdom of God don't take votes. Democracy vote. You see what vote can get you. Look at the look at the nation. But if they'd have went with theocracy, God's law, then we wouldn't have been in this shape. You see, under a theocracy, the king is the only one that gives the order, and everybody else falls in place, right or wrong. Do you go against the king to do your own thing? If you bring democracy, you ain't talking about with king, we 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 are gonna vote on it. What you think the king gonna do? King gonna decapitate you. Because kings give the word from up top, the rules and the regulations, and it trickles down to us. Is that not correct? Yeah. But you know why the church is messed up like they messed up today? I'll tell you why. Because we have tried to bring democracy into the church. And now we've got all this schism going on. And now the value of the vision has now been lost. So the next thing that vision 
does, as far as the value of it, is that vision provides a center for leadership. Let's look at verse 4 and 5 in 2 Samuel 5. Verse 4 and verse 5. Are we there? David was 30 years old when, like, like I said, vision provides a center for leadership. So you've got to have a place for leadership. The first thing in verse 4 it says, David was 30 years old. That means he had risen. He was risen up. In his season, he was in a season of being raised up. David was 30 years old when he began to reign. And he reigned 40 years. In Hebron, he reigned over Judah seven years and six months. And in Jerusalem, he reigned uh, 33 years over all of Israel and Judah. So here we see that another value of vision is that the vision gave David a center for leadership. Did it not? He was in Judah and he was in Jerusalem. He had a center. You see, our center for leadership is in two places. In our praise, Judah, and in the peace that we have with God. Okay? Did you hear what I said, church? Listen up. I said our center. Our center for having a center for our leadership is in praise and in our peace with God. See, you got to catch this. We got to fight the whole on of this stuff. We can't just come up in here and just let everything distract us. We got to stay focused on this thing. Because I'm telling you, the devil trying to cut all our head off, including mine. Staying ain't playing with us. Staying trying to kill us. The third thing that vision does, and I'm not going to be long because there's no need, because we're just dealing with the value of vision. We need to know the value of it. You're not. It gives a center for leadership, but it also vision dominates our inner conversation. Look at verse 6 and verse uh, through 8. And the king and his men went to Jerusalem against the Jebusite, the inhabitants of the land, uh-oh, who spoke to David, saying, You shall not come in here, but the blind and the lame will repel you, thinking David cannot come in here. Nevertheless, David took the stronghold of Zion, that is, the city of David. Now David said on that day, whosoever climb up by the way of the water shaft and defeat this Jebusite, the lame and the blind, who are hated by David's soul, he shall be chief and his captain. Therefore they said, the blind and the lame shall not come into the house. Let's get some revelations here. I want you to look at this word in verse 6. We're going to deal with verse 6 through verse 8 in a revelation. Now, and the king and his men, they went to Jerusalem. Jerusalem is the city of peace, okay? Talking about peace, the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. How many of y'all know that sometimes there are some things that disturbs our peace? Are you with me? See, sometimes when we go to find peace, we find something there besides peace that's inhabiting our place of refuge. They're called Jebusites. A Jebusite 
is the thing that tramples you down. Did you catch that? There are some things that come upon us. And these things that come upon us, they tend to try to trample us in our peaceful mode. Are y'all with me? So when we try to go and find peace, we got some stuff there that causes some problems to disturb us in our peace. See, this is what's going on here. See, when the men went to Jerusalem, they went up there and they had to go up against some things that had been trampling down the place where peace was, the Gebu site. See, that, there are some things that's going to inhabit in our land that we've got to take back. That becomes a stronghold in us. So, so what happens here is that the inhabitants of the land who spoke to David and see them things will talk to you. We're talking about vision. There's an inner conversation that's going here. Vision dominates the inner conversation. That's one of the values. But here, what happens is, is that there is something talking inside of us that's done made itself valuable in our life. And it's called a Jebusite. It's trying to trample us down. So we got to go up there and we're going to have to do something. So it says here, and David said, you shall not come in here. They said that to David, you know. See, sometimes we go to that place of peace and try to find peace with ourselves. We got these things up in there that are talking to us that won't let us find the peace that we're looking for. It just keep on trying us. Am I in the house? Wow. So when we go up in there, it has to start having a conversation with us. Tell them, look, you can't come up in here because we got this. <laughs> it becomes a stronghold in your life. Come on. It disturbs your peace. All of us have been there. Come on. So look what happens here. It says, you should not come in here, but the lame and the blind will repel you. You see what it said? Mm-hmm. See, there are some things inside of us that will lame us. And that will blind us. And see, when it gets in that stronghold where peace is supposed to be, and it takes up that, then we forget how to walk with God because our vision becomes blurred. Happens to all of us sometimes. And it goes to talk to us and tell us, you can't come up in here because I got this now. I got you lame and I got you blind. Mm. So what happens is, is that this word, it, it, it says, I'm a, I, uh, you shall not come in here, come to David and his men, but the blind and the lame will tell you. In other words, they talk crazy. Talking about the lame and the blind is going to tell you. Thinking, David cannot come in here. I said that to thinking that. Nevertheless, David took the stronghold of Zion, that is, the city of David. You see, the very thing that was a stronghold against you, once you take it, you become the stronghold in because you begin to occupy the same place that it was occupying. Y'all you with me? The same place, that place of peace, that was held by the lame and that was held by the blind, that had you tripping and walking in darkness. It was a stronghold. Mm-hmm. But now that you took it, now you set a residence there. And now you tell it, now you can't come back up here. Mm-hmm. So what's this word here? So the word of God said, now David said on that day, verse 8, whoever climbed up by way of the water shaft and defeats the Jebusites, those things that trample us, the blind, the lame and the blind, 
who are hated by David's soul. See, once you realize that you take that thing, it becomes detestable to you. That's right. See, as long as that thing got you in bondage, it can do you some damage. But once you get it kicked out of there, it becomes detestable to you. And you'll find harder to keep that thing off you the next time. Wow. You understand what I'm saying? See, that's called experience. See, once you learn, see, see, when you when you hear this word, when this word go forward, you know what it do? When you step through that door, it's gonna start testing all of us to see how how strong we are we. That's what the word does. It'll test us. See, what you, see, see, that's what we've been going wrong so long. We come, we hear the word, but we don't understand that we're going to be tested by that which we heard. Yeah. It's going to come right back to meet you. But when we get conscious of the fact that, hey, okay, this is going forth. Now, i got to look forward to the testing because it's coming. So we gotta, we got to be vigilant. we got to be awake. We can't be asleep. That's why we need each other. That's why we gotta dwell in unity. We gotta be in one mind. See, this thing ain't no play fight. This is not church play. This is kingdom. This is about our life. This is what this is about, people. This is not a play thing. This is not getting people to come up here and roll on the floor and speak in tongues. That's not what this is about. This is about our eternal abode in Christ Jesus in the heavenly realm. That's what this is all about. So, the word of God tells us that. David says in verse 8, he said, Whosoever climbs up by way of the watershed, is he not written, I think it's in John 14, what, 24, somewhere on there, that about how if you drink of this water, you'll not never thirst again, but it'll be like a well of water springing up. That's that's what he's telling. Whosoever climbs up that well, you see, whosoever climb up by the way of the water shaft, see, that's the water shaft that's inside of us, that well that's springing up. It springs up through a spiritual shaft. And we've got to allow ourselves to latch onto that and climb up it if we want to take care of those devil sites, those things that are taking us down inside. Amen. You know what I'm saying? Those things that be carrying us all from this way to that way, from this way to that way. Those things, they got to be eradicated. And the only way that they can be eradicated is that we climb up by way of a watershed. And that's the only way that we can defeat the devil sites. You got to go up by way of a watershed. And the lame and the blind who are hated by David's soul, he shall be chief and captain. In other words, to him that overcome him, I'm going to give him a new name in the book of Revelation. <laughs> I'm going to make him rule over something. Amen. Come on up. You've been faithful over a few things. Now come on up. I'm gonna make you ruler over many. I'm gonna make you captain. I'm gonna make you. I'm gonna make you king. I'm gonna make you priest unto me. In other words, I'm gonna have you sitting on throne, judging angels and judging the world. Know ye not that you should judge angels and the world too? The Bible says it. Amen. Amen. If you climb up by the watershed and get rid of these things that's eating on us, come on. Everybody got some things. Everybody in here got their own little private demon. <laughs> Whether you admit it or not, it don't make no 
See, Jesus said, I don't need to talk about man because I know man. You don't have to explain nothing to man. I made man and I know him, so I don't know how you even talk about him. I'm going to tell you about yourself anyway. <laughs> Go ahead, brother. Everybody in here, got, even them little children, got their own little private thing. Everything is under attack. They don't care nothing about little Lucy. They will try to kill her just because he kill anything else. Yes, he will. Don't, 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 don't think that he won't now. Bible said thief came to steal, kill, and destroy. He can make no exemplifications on anything. He just said he came to steal, kill, and destroy. And one of the things he didn't try to kill is your offspring. Both spiritual and natural. He'll try to get So the word of the Lord tells us here, Therefore they say, the blind and the lame shall not come into this house. Now, this is the house of God. Now, we've taken the stronghold, right? Yes. Now, once we take the stronghold, now the same thing that was telling us that we couldn't come in, now we're telling it. The blind and the lame can't come in their house. So that's what we're trying to fight for. We're trying to get ourselves raised up to the level of the teachings of God and allow God to strengthen us, allow God to give us the power and allow God to give us the structure so that we can stand before that devil and say, get the hands behind this Satan. Amen. Yes. So the Bible says in verse 9, then David dwells. And this is it. Fourth value of vision is that vision inspires us to be great. You ever seen a mediocre Christian? Y'all know what a mediocre Christian is? That's a Christian that don't care what they do or don't do. That's just a Christian that comes to church when they want to, whether they feel like it. They do everything by feeling. A, a, a mediocre Christian. Don't want to come out their comfort zone. If you ask them to do something, they'll go to complaining about it. That's a mediocre Christian. You know what I'm saying? They go to mumbling every time you try to, you know, you, 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 in order for us to get better at this thing, we've got to push. Come we've on. got to press our way into this. You see, vision inspires us to be great. That's right. A, a divine calling of God cannot inspire you to be mediocre because the one that brought it is the one that's great. God brought it and God is great. And anything God brings to us, God brings greatness with it. Amen. And let me tell y'all something right now. Greatness don't come cheap. Right. You're going to go through hell as you go up this ladder. You better hear me. You're going to go through hell if you're going to walk up. You're going to go up this water shaft. And if you defeat these daddy sites, church, you better live it. You're going to go through hell in the process of doing it. You better put your boxing gloves on. You better have your sword on both sides. You better. And you better have it pulled and swinging from, from both one side to the other. For all kind of hell coming at you. And most of it is going to be from within. Yeah, that's good. That's Amen. good stuff, man. Mm -hmm. Amen. I'm just being real about it. Right. Can I be real? Amen. Amen. Y'all got enough fake preachers. Can I be real? Come on, man. Just be real. So, 
vision inspires greatness. And the word of God says in, and I'm not kidding, the word of God says in verse 9 and 10 that then David dwelt in the what? Stronghold. The stronghold. The same place that had you not. Yeah. Jerusalem, when it was inhabited by what? The Jebusites. Some things were trembling. Now David is dwelling there. The beloved of God. That's your soul that's in the love of God. That's the beloved of God. The soul that knows God is the beloved of God. Amen. Now your soul is dwelling in that place of peace. Amen. Amen. Somebody say, thank God for peace. Thank God for peace. peace. Mm. Lord have mercy. Like a nightmare sometimes. You just wake up and you find yourself. Where am I? Where are you, Adam? <laughs> what are you doing here? He talked to you like that. He does that not to hurt you, but to get you back on course. You know, shake you. Okay. Come on. Okay. Then David dwelt in the stronghold, verse 9, and called the, it the city of David. And David built, look what David did now, once he dwelling in the stronghold now, we got to catch this. Come on. And David built all around the what? Milo. The motto is that place, that house of record. You know that thing that had you all upside down? See, you got to build around it. you got to build a fortress around that thing. Mm -hmm. See, some of us are too easily shaken, you know. Some of us, when we stop our toe, we just sit there and we stay there too long. But, see, you can't stay there when you stop your toe. Just bandage it up and keep going. Talk to me and walk. You know what I'm saying? Come on, come on. But don't stay there hiding about, oh, I stopped my toe and I can't... Because the train don't stop moving. The train keeps going. And, 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 and if you stop, and, 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 and you, you, if you stop before the cloud allows you to stop, then what happens is that you'll get left behind. And you'll be playing catch up. And, 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 and you know, God's already passed, way past finding out. Now, how are we going to play catch up? You understand? We talked about playing catch up before. So, the word of God tells us that David built all around the model, that place of rampant in our life. You gotta do, gotta build some stuff around it. And notice where he built it at. Inward. You see it there? Word say inward. You see it? Amen. Inward. Right. Didn't say outward. Inward. Yes. See, you gotta build that thing inward. Strong. Strong. See, see, the thing that was encamped as a stronghold against you, now you got to reverse that order, kick it out of there. And build around it. Yes. You gotta take that stronghold yes. and build around it. Yes. So that it can stay strong. You know. Yes. So David did that. So David, he went on, because that's what we're talking about. Vision inspires greatness. That's one of the values of it. So David went on and became what? Great. And the Lord God of hosts was with who? Yeah. Him. You see, look here. I want you to go somewhere. I want you to go to Romans 14. I really want you to see this. Because I want you to I want you to be I want you to be protected. I want you to be encouraged when you're going through it. And I want you to understand that it don't make no difference what somebody else thinks about you. Listen to me, church. 
Let me show you in the Word what God thinks about you, okay? Now, who saved your soul and called you to be a servant? Who's your master? I can't hear y'all. Jesus is, right? He's the master, right? God. Okay? Watch this word. This is when, when people try to when people try to, 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 to cash you down, to cash you aside, look at Romans 14, verse 4. Are we there? Amen. Amen. It asks a question. Who are you to judge another servant? Okay. If we are servants of the Lord, then who are we to judge somebody else's servant? If you are servant of the Lord, then I can't judge you. Because it asks the question here, who are you to judge another servant? That's what it means. To his own master, he stands apart. Did you see that? Do you see it, church? I'm trying to help y'all. Because while you out there, you're going to hear a whole lot of garbage that's coming at you. Well, you this, you that, you this. You got to remember what the words say. You got to, well, who are you to judge another man's servant? Or did you say anything? And then you take him to the scripture and you say, to his own master, he stands afar. He will be, at, but, 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 but indeed it says, he will be made to stand. For God is able to make him stand. Did you see that? Amen. Amen. So when somebody be coming at you with that foolishness, you say, well, who are you? Who are you to judge another man's servant? I'm a servant of the Lord. It's up to God whether I stand or fall. And the Bible says, indeed, will I stand. Because God is able to make me stand. It's the same with you. 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 Who are you? You got to know what's in the Word. Because the devil will try to talk you out of who you are. And he'll use people to try to do it. He'll even use yourself. If you let him. If you let it. Now let's go back. Go back to second, second sentence. Come, we right here. We right here. Back. Vision, this is what a vision does at the end. The value of vision. Vision attracts others to the leader. A vision will always attract others to the one that's got the vision. Because it ain't man's vision, it's God's vision. And it's a divine calling of God. And God never gives you a vision that you can accomplish by yourself. Did you hear me? That's good. Thank you. Never gives you a vision. If it's a vision that you can do on your own, it's not from God. Vision attracts others to the leader. Watch verse 11 and 12. And then we'll finish. The Bible says in 2 Samuel 5, verse 11 and 12, it says, Then Hiram, the king of Tyre, sent messengers to David. And attracts. Vision attracts. See, Hiram done heard about David now. Now, that vision David got is attracting some people. So Hiram, the king of Tyre, sent messengers to David and cedar tree, and carpenter, and mason. You see that? It attracts. Vision attracts. That's one of the values of vision. It attracts. See, a lot of times you don't know how you're going to get something done, and all of a sudden, it just falls in place. Amen. It is just fall. Vision. 
I don't own no tractor trailer truck, but we got them rolling anytime we want them. That's, that's, that's fact. I don't own no warehouse, but I got a warehouse. See, vision attracts. Vision, see, see, David had a vision, but David didn't have the carpenters and the cedar trees and the masons and the know-how. But God had somebody for David who had all of that. Vision attracts. Are you catching what I'm saying? Yes, sir. Vision attracts. All you got to do is stand in the vision and it's like a magnet. Eventually, it'll go to process itself. But see, here's the thing. If you got to have patience and virtue with this thing, see, you can't go by what you see. You can't go by your immediate situation. You see, you, 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 you've got to see the ultimate. You can't look at the immediate situation because it'll trip you, as I told you last week. It'll trip you up. So, verse 12 says, and, and this is the last verse, so David knew that the Lord had established him as king over Israel, and that he had exalted his kingdom for the sake of his people. See, it's all about God doing it for long. Y'all hear Yes. And David, once he saw that the Lord was bringing others to him, then he knew that the Lord was with him. Before then, he was just standing in the faith of this guy. But then after a while, God began to bring his vision and the thing. God already gave him the vision, but God began to bring the mechanics to him to get the job done. And see, so we go from faith to faith to glory to glory. That's what we do. And that's the value of the divine calling called vision that God has in your life. Everybody that's saved has an individual divine calling on their life. Find out what that calling is and begin to walk and work in it. Okay? Because that vision is to unite the body of Jesus together. That's what it's all about. Every joint supplies the needs of the body. Everybody has a part to play in this ministry. Everybody is a part of the body of Christ. Everybody. Everybody. There are no big eyes and no views in the body of Christ. It's just us. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's give God some praise. Give God some more praise.